Hey, 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 this is Ty, the Family Made Mom. Listen, it is the third and final part of uh, the series for why our children don't want to talk to us. I said I was going to do four, but I really I'm moving into something else. And I want to um, I just wanted to address, you know, this last portion of why our children don't talk to us. And something that, you know, came to my mind is the level of confidence the level of confidence that our children have in us, I believe that it is going down. Our display, the things that we have displayed have either been good or they've been bad. They've showed us whether or not we can, you know, trust that you will hold our emotions, that you will give us proper advice, that you won't judge, that you won't look at, you know, uh, children today as less than. You know, while we are not equals with our children by any means, however, you know, a lot of uh, young people, when I go into the schools, they say, thank you for talking to us like we were people. I'm like, huh? They're like, yeah, a lot of people talk to us like we don't have any worth or value, whether it's our parents or whether it's our teachers. You know, they talk to us as if we are there, um, you know, we are beneath them. Like we don't have a right to an opinion. We don't have a right to even speak or think on our own. And it's uh, basically we're devaluing them, you know, uh, debasing them. We are putting them as lower. You know, biblically speaking, the Bible says, and a child shall lead them. You know how they lead. That's a different story. You know, a lot. We don't see um, two. I'm not going to say that. We don't capitalize on the teens or the children who are leading in a beautiful, healthy way. In mainstream media, we see so much of, you know, all the the riffraff. Let's make it a habit of capitalizing on how amazing our young people are. I remember, um, you know, one of my children didn't do so great in their school and I had made it in a point for a little while to just keep capitalizing on the fact that he didn't do so good. And I would tell him like, you know, I used you as an example, blah, blah, blah. blah. And he'd be like, Oh, I don't care. And I started thinking about it like, man, but I do. I used you as an example of something that wasn't so great. And while it was an example, nonetheless, I didn't have to put your name to it. I didn't have to put you as the one who was, you know, making, you know, the mess or whatever. I should have made it to the point where people understood that you are a phenomenal person, period. And then I could have said something else in a different way. So I'm not for sure what your relationship looks like with your child. I'm not for sure what you are putting into your child or how you are making them feel on a day-to-day basis. But I guarantee you this, there is a principle of sowing and reaping. And the Bible says it so wonderfully, what you sow, that you shall also reap. If we're sowing good seeds, you're going to reap a good harvest. It's God's word. He said it and he has to perform it. I don't know where your faith is, but that's where mine is. So I'm just sharing my faith. I will say this. What you give out. You have an expectation that it's coming back. 
And to be honest, that's not an unfair expectation. We just have to realize that everybody's not where we are. But I do believe this in my home. If I am continually giving you love, if I am continually giving you joy, I guarantee you they're going to catch hold of that and it's going to come back to me. Another thing that I will say is that um, I said it a long time ago when I talk about establishing that connection, that relationship with your children. It's so important. If I establish it now, I don't have to worry about the foolishness later. Not only do I establish it, but I maintain a good, healthy relationship with my children because it's so stinking important. It's so important. And we have to remember that we have to remember that I have to be in a position where my children trust me with information. Because if you gossiping and you always talking about your children behind their back and you always telling what they tell you and they can't rely on you, they can't trust you with their information. Don't expect them to come to you in hard times. They're not coming to you. They don't trust you. They have no confidence in you. And to be honest, that's horrible. Our children should be able to come to us. We are their first line of defense. And no, you may not have everything all at once. You may not have it. But I'm encouraging you to get it. What does it look like to build confidence? To be honest, sometimes it's easy to build confidence in people, but it's not easy to have confidence ourselves. And when we talk about what that confidence looks like and how easy or how hard it is, I'll tell you that it's not real easy. It's not always easy to build confidence. Sometimes it is really tough nuggies. Sometimes it is really hard to have that type of confidence that you want and need. It's just not easy. But I tell you this, that what we work on becomes not only possible, but it becomes the norm. When I'm continuously working on something and I'm putting that hard work and dedication into it, man, it becomes so normal for me to do it. Now it is so easy for me to talk to my kids. It's, it's hard for me to let them go. And I think in so many ways, we don't, we have the same mindset. I don't want to talk to my children about some of these difficult things because then I have to let them go and allow them to experience things on their own. And I, I don't know if I'm ready for that. I think we can all agree that life comes at us so fast that we don't have time. We don't always get the opportunity to pick and choose what our children will go through. <laughs> and I would like to say that a lot of the things my children have went through, I didn't pick and choose any of them. <laughs> so to be of the mindset that we can, to me, it's unrealistic. Just like we walked our own path and by God's grace, we got through it. Some of those paths that we walked, we had to face some stuff that we didn't think we were going to make it out of. But again, by God's grace, we made it. I will say this. Um, I'm thankful for the road that I've traveled. It's taught me so much. It has not been easy. I say it a lot. It was messy. 
<laughs> it was messy. And um, if I can be real, real with you, it was stinky. Um, I didn't like that road. And um, <laughs> I wanted to throw the road away. I wanted to get rid of it by any and all means necessary. I wanted to just, I wanted to get rid of it. And I wanted somebody to help me get rid of it, if I could be honest. I wanted somebody to tell me that I could just, I could just be safe from not having to experience things. But that's not the truth. It's not reality. And I said all that because as parents, we honestly think that by some cool, <laughs> fantastic way, we can hide our children from experiencing things. We even think that we can shield them from experiencing things by um, not talking to them about it. Uh <laughs> We think that we can shield them from life happening and it's going to happen with or without you there. But here's something that I tell, I tell my uh, kids all the time. I say, you know what? I want to be honest with you. I would rather you tell me no matter how messy it is, I'd rather you tell me so that we can work through it together then for you to feel like you have to embrace life all by yourself with no help. I really, really don't want you to feel like that. And none of us as parents do. We don't want our kids to feel like they're on this island by themselves. No way, Jose. We want them to know that we're there for them. That you got somebody you can talk to. You're not on an island. You have help. That's what we want them to know. And especially in this day and age, I want to know. When I saw that, um, when I see that there are so many things happening with people, with teenagers, um, whether it's suicides, whether it's, you know, drug addictions, whether it's, you know, um, a hypersexualized teen, whether it is, you know, whatever they're dealing with, whether it's their stress to the max, they can't focus, they can't do their schoolwork, they're struggling in school, they're struggling with their identity, who they are, what they're going to be in life, how they're going to get where they want to go. I don't care how small it is. I don't know which outfit to wear. I don't even know how to match up my clothes properly. I don't know how to create these little videos that everybody's creating, but I would love to do it. I don't know how to cook. I don't know how to organize things. I don't know how to do the laundry so that my clothes don't bleed into this. You know, when I vacuum the floors, I, my lines don't look like yours. I don't care how small it is. I don't fit in with anybody else. I really want to do this sport, but I don't, I don't know how to do it. And I don't have anybody to help me. I don't care how small it is. I want you to know that I'm here for you. You want somebody to just laugh with? You want somebody to just sit and look goofy with? 
You want somebody to take you to the park so you can sit there by yourself and I disappear just so that you can have a moment to yourself. I'm here for it. You want to go camping? You want to go ice skating? You want to go roller skating? You want to just go walk through the mall? Do you want to look at goofy cards? Do you want to play Uno, Monopoly, Scrabble? Do you want to play some kind of a game that's not a video game, please? Because I'm over it. But I will do Call of Duty. I don't know what it is, but Call of Duty seems real. I don't know. Don't judge me. Whatever it is that you want to do, I'm here for it. As long as it's legal and as long as it's safe. We're not going to sit here and smoke weed together. No, I'm not buying you a pack of cigarettes. No, I'm not getting drunk with you. But I want you to know that I'm here for you. And I'm willing to talk things through with you. No, I'm not going to try to change your mind. I'm going to allow you the opportunity to think for yourself. Because in reality, you will have to think for yourself. In reality, you will go through some things. You will walk through some things. And guess what? In walking through those things, guess what may or may not happen? In reality, you may be involved in some situations and some things that those conversations that we had where I allowed you the opportunity to thank for yourself come up. And because you already have the opportunity to understand how to thank for yourself with someone guiding you. You'll be able to operate through that with much more ease than what you would have if nobody ever took the time to allow you to think. I don't need my voice to be the only voice that you hear in life. I don't. In all honesty, I want you to be connected to God. And if the way that you get connected to God is that you learn how to respect your parents and you learn how to listen to them and hear the God in and through them to the, uh, until you get to a point where you can do it on your own, fine. Because my job is to train you up in the way that you're supposed to go. I don't want to be your dictator. Sincerely, I'm not your dictator. In all honesty, I can say whatever I want to say, and guess what? You can walk out my face and do whatever you want to do. That's the truth. I want to build a relationship. And I ain't talking about being your little friend, because you ain't my little friend. We might have friendly moments, we might develop a friendship within our, uh, my parental relationship with you. But in all honesty, I will always be your parent first. Even when you become an adult, I will always be your parent first. Yes, we can go kick it. Yes, we can have fun. Yes, boo. Mm, I'm here for it, homie. Yes, let's go. However, I'm always your parent first. Am I silly? Yes. But do I get serious? You bet your bottom dollar I do. Why children don't want to talk to us? Have we shown that we are actually here for them? Or have we shown them that our words are within our own best interest? What I'm saying with that is I hear a lot of people say, you know, I talk to my parents, but really all they're doing is looking out for their self. If, if that's what you're doing, that's not okay. 
Because outside of your amazing image that you think you have is a child who needs your guidance. Your desire for self-preservation over wanting to make sure that your child is well-informed, well-balanced, healthy, inside and out. At some point in parenting, you have to remember that you may not have signed up to be a parent when you became a parent. It may, be a, been a, it may have been an unintended pregnancy. I know um, several people who have, you know, um, pregnancies through uh, being uh, raped or molested. In any event, your child is not the one that has to be here. When we chose to not only incubate this child instead of aborting the child, when we chose to raise the child instead of putting the child off or, you know, giving the child up for adoption or whatever, we accepted the fact that I will have to, at times, put my child's needs above mine more often than I may want to. There are times when you may be dead dog tired, but your child needs something. In all honesty, that need may be as minute as they just need your attention. They just need you to sit there while they draw the picture that looks like a glob. But they're definitely convincing you that it looks like Picasso. They need you to give them your undivided attention and tell them that that picture is amazing because they created it. And while you didn't see the same thing that they saw, they saw it, they are the artists, and that's what makes it amazing. They need that from you. Those two million papers that the school sent home that you know good and well when they turn around. As a matter of fact, I've gone to even in their face. I am throwing all eight million of those papers away, but I will give them my undivided attention one time. And if it's super good and it shows where you have improved, I will definitely keep that one piece of paper out of two million. But those other papers are definitely hitting the trash quicker than you can say, amen. Come on, somebody. I just freed somebody up from feeling like they have to keep all them papers. No, you do not. I just wanted to free you up because some parent is crowded with papers. And I want you to know today that you can throw them papers away. Laughter's like a medicine. And I believe in laughing because in parenting, it can be rough. It can be hard. And this is not a grand uh, slam on parents. No. All three podcasts were to make you aware so that you can make adjustments. Parents, we are not perfect. And to any child or teenager listening, uh, you're not perfect either. So you're not going to grand slam on us either. I don't allow children to slam parents. I remind them, just like I remind parents, that it is their first time being here as a child, just like it is your first time parenting them as your child. Neither parties have been here before. We are all working it out day by day. And because of that, we both need grace. 
Let's give each other grace for the journey instead of putting on our unfair expectations of each other. It is high time that we learn to say, listen, this is my parents first time. They don't do it all perfectly. They don't even do it the way that I would want them to. I want them to do this, that, and the other, but they just ain't doing it the way that I say it. But I had to give them grace because when you don't do your chores, like we asked, when you don't do things that we ask you to do, when we ask you to do it, we ain't killing you and stomping you through the mud. Don't do that to us. We need the grace. We need it. And we deserve it. We need it and we deserve it. I'll say that again. We need it and we deserve it. Both parties, both the parent and the child. I would encourage you not to talk to your children as if they are beneath you. They're not. They are your future leaders. You are building a legacy. A future that is solid. If you pour into it. It'll not only be solid, but it'll be sure. That's what you want. You want a sure and solid legacy. I'm telling you, the more time you spend building up your young people, the more you're going to get out of that harvest. What are you pouring into your children? Are you telling them that they are amazing, that they are lovely, that they can do anything that they put their mind to? I tell you, my mom told me that all the time. You are not stupid. You can do anything that you put your mind to anything. And because she said that I literally live that life. If I want to build a house, I'll build a house. If I want to learn landscaping, but if I want to learn aquaponics, if I want to learn how to homeschool my kids, I already did that, already did that, already did that. Because somebody told me that I could. And in the moment that I thought that I couldn't, they reassured me, yes, you can. And the the way, the reason that you're not doing all the things that you want to do is because you're not putting enough time and effort into it. Without that little short cutie pie telling me that I could be anything I wanted. I could do anything I put my mind to. I wouldn't be half of what I am. She reminded me that I could. She reminded me that it was possible. And then because that little short lady named Debbie loves the Lord. She said with God, all things are possible. And then she said this. I'm glad that God never gives up on you. Make sure you don't give up on him. She made sure that the words that she said, they may have been short and sweet, but she got her point well across. And I was all the way a teenager when she would tell me that. You know, you telling me that you don't want to do this and you don't want to do that for the Lord. I'm glad he don't do you. How you doing him? And I would think about it. She didn't tell me to do anything different. She didn't make me do anything, but she did make me think. She made me think about how great God is to me. How much of a father he is to me. How much of a protector, how much of a friend, how much of a confidant he is. And when I started thinking about that, I was like, I don't want to treat someone who is that good to me like that. Why are you talking about that right now? Because that's how our children look at us. We're the parents. I want to be good to a parent who is good to me. 
I don't want to be anything less. I don't want to be anything less to that parent. I want to treat them with the amazing love that they are treating me. Because that's what we do when we love on our parents. You heard me? (laughs) All right, I kept it short and sweet for the last one. Parents, I encourage you to take time to really talk to your children and find out why it is that they haven't been talking to you. Even go a step further and apologize if you were the stumbling block. If the way that you are with them and the, you know, the way that you're not with them, if that has caused them in any way to feel like I cannot talk to you. And do some soul searching. Why is it that you've treated them like that? Are you scared? Are you fearful that they may go through some stuff and that you may not be able to handle it? It's a realistic fear to have. I don't believe that there's too many parents that haven't felt like that. But in reality, we won't be able to stop them from going through some of the things that they'll go through. Some things, yes. Other things, no. We'll have to take it on the chin and keep it moving. And be sure that we're there to help, to encourage, to enlighten, to strengthen to help them heal. We have the tools that we need to help them. How are we using those tools? Are we using those tools to help them? Or are we using those tools to hurt them? It matters. And it matters a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. It matters. So I encourage you today to take the time. Take the time that you need to assess being a parent who your children will want to talk to. Do you want to talk to you? If you were the teenage you, or if you were the child you, would you want to talk to you? Those are real questions that deserve real answers. Be honest with yourself. And if it's not if, the, if you're in a position right now where you're not someone that your children can talk to, what changes can you make? How can you make those changes? How quickly can those changes be made? Are those changes that I can make right now? Think about it. Because your relationship with your children depends on it. Alrighty, tidy. This has been Ty, the family made mom. You know what I say? Sharing is caring. Caring is sharing. Please like, love, subscribe, do share. If you know somebody who has children and their children are more focused on talking to you than they are their children, and you know that they have the uh, ability to be amazing parents who can talk to their children, they have the ability to have and form an amazing relationship with their children, share it. Because your children should be able to talk to you. They sincerely should be able to talk to you. Okay. All righty, tidy. Be blessed. This is Ty, the family made mom. 
Hey, after hearing that podcast today, maybe you would like to go a little bit further. Maybe you as a parent, you're struggling and you're saying, hey, as a mom, I really want to do this better, but I don't always have the exact ways to do so. I need some more tips. I need some more strategies and I may need to go a little bit deeper. I want to help you as a parent and family coach. That's what I do. I help parents, teens and families find a strategy and the best way to execute it. Now, I'm not a coach. I'm not a uh, counselor or a therapist, but I am a coach and I want to help you along the way. Go to NBECoaching.com and check out the services that we have available to you. All right. Check it out today.